Welcome to episode number 77 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I want to talk with you today about something that happened recently when I was at a first watch, and I just want to share just what I was thinking and um, some of the changes that were so profound in my brain and in terms of how I responded to this. And um, and I think it's one of these kind of moments for me that is really exciting and encouraging, and uh, and I hope it will be for you too. Um, this is probably a little bit more along the lines, you know, of the elements of life that we can't get out of, right? Because we're in this human experience and nobody gets a pass on that. And as you know, in whatever line of work that you do, whether you're seeing patients in a traditional healthcare model, you're building a business, you're not working right now, life still comes, right? And it still comes at you full force. And so I just wanted to share this moment that I thought was so comical and just so interesting as an observer of my brain. Um, so, all right, so let me paint this picture for you. So we had gone to DC and, uh, spent, did like a 48 hours. And I talked a little bit about this, um, a couple weeks ago, but we'd spent, um, 48 hours in DC and we did a whirlwind of a trip. We wanted, um, my husband got my family tickets to see Chelsea, which is part of the premier league. And it's a, um, English team. And they were here on tour in um, DC playing at FedEx Field. And so I think it's called FedEx Field. Um, and so we um, had to, we got tickets to go and took the boys and, you know, soccer's big in our family. You know, as you know, I'm not a huge fan, but whatever, I can, I can go watch any sport and, you know, and, and amuse myself and be interested in whatever. So, and wear a jersey, you know, because I got my own, I got a little Chelsea jersey. It was super fun. And they're a fun team to cheer for. And interestingly, after watching them pretty much every Saturday while they're on, because their season in the Premier League runs like an academic school year. It literally starts in September and it runs all the way through June, every fucking Saturday. So even despite the fact that I don't have any interest in Chelsea or have a desire to know about the players, just by uh, default of being a human in this household, I see Chelsea up on the screen. I hear my kid, my son talking about it. I hear my husband talking about it. So like, it's almost like just by proxy, I know about Chelsea. Anyways, so we go down to DC. We had this like fun weekend. It was a total whirlwind. We um, had some great food. If you're in DC and you like Chinese food, you should go to Tiger Fork. It was lovely. There's some really good food there. And um, um, we saw a play and it was like a slapstick comedy that was like a Monty Python um, of a murder mystery. And I can't even remember what the name of it was, um, the play, but it was fantastic. The boys thought it was hilarious. And to watch them, hear them laugh for the better part of two hours without a screen in front of their faces was like, like just, it felt so good. I felt like it was one of those parent wins, you know, one of those moments where you're like, wow, it is true what they say. Like your kids can't have fun without screens in front of them. So, um, but we had a great time. So we went to the show and took them to dinner and we rode scooters through the Capitol and, um, and yes, we rode on the sidewalks. And I know if you're in DC, you're like, God damn scooters on the sidewalks. It's so annoying. But we tried to get out into the street and go in the bike lane, but like they don't give you helmets. So, you know, I don't know. I just didn't want anybody to die. So we stayed a little on the sidewalks and went through, um, uh, by Washington monument and, uh, and it, it was just, it was beautiful and, um, went over to, um, this great place and had, tacos and fantastic margaritas. And, um, it was lovely. So 
DC was super fun, right? So we come back from DC and we took the morning flight. And so um, from the uh, nonstop here from DC to Cleveland and left at 729. So, you know, we got up, I don't know, like about 5 a.m. and, you know, get up, get the kids ready. And we had all packed and stuff. It was fine. My kids are old at this point, older at this point. And so I told them the night before, like, don't be assholes tomorrow. We've got to literally get up. Don't fuss about it. We're going to get to the airport. You can have something to eat there. And then like, it's going to be a quiet day when we get home. We got to go pick up the dog and do all this shit. So they were fine with it. So they got up and they did really, they did so well. It was great. Um, and it's a joy to travel with them now because, you know, they sit there and they read their books or they go on their devices and, you know, it's just, it's nice, right? They're not like spilling sippy cups and doing all the things that the little kids do. And I love the little kids. And I don't love, I, I love that I don't have little kids anymore. Like I love that I'm out of that stage and into the stage with these children. So, um, so we get on the plane. My husband actually was with us in DC and then was headed off uh, to travel for work. So he was on a separate plane. So it was me and the boys. So I'm reading my book, which by the way, I read this fantastic book called Nora, Nora Goes Off Script. And it's so cute. If you like any of the Hallmark movies, you should totally go get this book. My mom gave it to me and it's just, it's super cute and a, a like a light summer read. If you just want something that's like not, you know, it's just, easy. Just pick this book up. It's so good. So, um, so I, so I'm reading the book, right. And, um, you know, plane ride, everything's fine. We get home, we go get the Stella girl from, you know, boarding at her little place in Cleveland. If you're in Cleveland, you need a place to board. We go to Barkland Heights. I love them. It's just a beautiful, it's like a nice clean facility. The people are always friendly when we go to pick them up. They're all the dogs. They have like cameras around the whole place. You can always, um, literally, um, remote in and like go and look and see all the cameras and see what the dogs are doing. Like there's nothing to hide, which I just love. I absolutely love it. You can watch her as she sleeps at night because they have a camera in her room and just like, you know, if you want to check in on them, like you could just, you know, you just see what they're doing, which I think is so fun. Um, but, um, so we go and pick up Stella girl, come home and the boys were, they were, you know, tired. I mean, they've been sleeping until, I don't know, eight, 10, 10 30, my oldest son. So, um, so we came home and I said, Hey, I got a couple things to do, you know, text me if you need anything from the grocery store, but I'm going to go to the grocery store. I got to go get a couple things. I want to go get these CBD chews for Stella, which I talked about a couple podcasts ago. And, um, and I, I just had some things that I needed to get done. So they're like, all right, fine. And so we, you know, we're doing the sheets. We got the laundry done, like all this stuff. Right. So I go and I'm like, you know what? It's 11 o'clock. I've not, you know, I intermittent fast. And so I usually don't eat until anywhere between 10 and 11 for my first meal. And so it was about, I don't know, 10, 30, maybe or 11. And I thought I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go eat. So I went to my local first watch and I sat down and I don't know about you, but if you ever dine alone, I don't know if you ever dine alone or how often you do that, but it's kind of a skill. It's an interesting thing. And I love it. I love to go. And I, you know, I would prefer to sit and have conversation with someone most times, but to go out and, and have a quick meal just by yourself and to be able to catch up on a couple things or like, I don't know, look at your phone or, you know, whatever, like just sit there and have a moment of fucking peace. It's blissful. Okay. Blissful. Okay. So I roll into first watch and, um, they have, they have a couple, they have a, for all of my gluten-free people, um, and anybody with allergies, they have a really nice allergen menu and you know how it goes if you got allergies and like, or sensitivities or celiac or whatever. 
and you are at some of these restaurants, you know, some of these restaurants could give a fuck about what you need, like what is in their shit. They, they don't know and they don't really care to go find out and they don't care to tell you and they don't care to make it publicly known, which I think is, by the way, terrible. Um, but it, that's the experience that I would say probably two out of three restaurants that, that are out there. And it, the tide seems to be changing on that. But, you know, at this point, it's we're, we're still losing the game, I think, on helping people know what they're eating. So I go to first watch because I'm like, you know what? I'm hungry all week, all weekend long. I've been fighting essentially with going to these places that, you know, they shrug their shoulders of like, I'm not sure what's in it. I don't know if there's gluten in it, you know? And so I was like, I'm going to first watch. I know it's going to be gluten-free. I can get it dairy-free. Like, you know, my stomach won't hurt. I won't be taken out for the next day or two with all of the bloat and all the shit that happens when I, you know, eat gluten and dairy. So I sit down at first watch. I have, they give me this like perfect little booth and I'm sitting and I'm seated and I'm looking out, facing out and just like watching all the people walk by and, and I was sitting there and she's like, can I get you a cup of coffee? And I was like, you can, I would love a cup of decaf, right? So she brings a cup of decaf, looking at the menu, they've got some new items for the summer menu. I'm like, oh my God, there's a new carnitas. (laughs) taco dish, like breakfast taco with a, with an egg on top. I was like, this is amazing. Right. So I order and it's all gluten-free and then I tell them no cheese and, and get it dairy-free. And it's so exciting. Right. I was just like one of those moments. Right. So I sit down and I'm, so I'm waiting for my food to come and lo and behold, there is a mother, a, 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 a party who comes to the table. That's probably about I'd say 15 feet away. And it's not terribly busy, which is another joy, okay? Because this place is like, there's, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the tables are actually full. Maybe that. So there's this mother, and God bless this woman. She comes in, and I think she's probably with her mother. And then she's with three children. And they walk in and sit down. And from the minute they sit down, it's a shit show. And you know what I mean. And I'm going to preface all of that I'm going to say here. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that I've been where this woman has been. I'm an expert because I have, I have, I am a parent and I have children. I've been where this woman has been, and I can sit here and talk about her in a way that doesn't judge her, that's not shaming of her, but that is just, it is what it is. And I'm going to tell it like it is. Okay. So this, this gal, (laughs) this gal, these kids, these kids have railroaded this mother, like legit, like they come in and they must be. Uh, they're they're at a precarious age. They're probably, I had to guess, maybe like three, five, and seven, which is even worse. I, that's like a tough time. And I just think, you know, the more children you have, clearly the more outnumbered you have, the more challenging it becomes. And then she's there, the, the mom is there, she's got the three kids, and then she's with this older woman who I can only presume is her mom. And I think they were calling her Abuelita, which I think is Spanish for grandma. Um, and uh, I know I'll probably get corrected if I'm wrong, but like she, so, and this woman, this grandma literally looks shell-shocked. And I only looked over the table one time because you know how it goes when like these kids are losing their shit. The last thing that you want to do is look over there and shoot daggers, right? Because you're trying to enjoy your food or whatever. Because here's what I have also come to appreciate, which is that if you've been in that situation and you have any insight into like how that feels, it's a hard, it's a really challenging moment. It's challenging to deal with a toddler who is emotionally unstable, as all toddlers are. It's challenging to deal with that 
And it's challenging to deal with more than one child. It's challenging to deal with three. And it's challenging sometimes to have a conversation with another adult and manage three children. It's challenging to go out to dinner with children occasionally. Like there are just so many factors here. And so I like just as, you know, literally only allowed myself to look over once. But this grandma was literally shell-shocked. I mean, she was just like, I, like the the flatness of her face was like, what kind of shit show am I in right now? I mean, it was just I, it was comical. I mean, I hate to even say that because this poor gal was struggling. So this three-year-old immediately when they sit down at the table, loses her shit about, I don't even know what, something, and completely loses it, right? And goes into probably a, I don't know, four, five, six minutes ordeal, tantrum, screaming, crying. And I felt so badly for the mom because I was like, I have been there and I'm not there right now. Like my children are older. They're actually at home because they're babysitting themselves because they're 10 and 13. And I'm slightly worried they might burn the house down while I'm gone, but I'm mostly not worried because they're pretty responsible kids actually. And they're old enough now. And like, actually I've outfitted them with phones. And so they know how to reach me in the event of an emergency. And actually they just sometimes always ask me every question. So my kids are like more on the side of like calling me too much to be like, how do I do this? Mom, how do I do this? Right. Um, uh, so, right. So like I'm, you know, but as I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have compassion and love for, in my heart for you as a human, because you're dealing with these, you know, numb, the, <laughs> these characters of kids, these toddlers, these emotionally unstable children, which they all are. Right. Just because not because anything went wrong, but because they're kids. Right. And so she's sitting there and she's trying her best. And she's like, I need you to not do this right now. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you to take a couple breaths. And I mean, this woman had patience. Like she was, she was losing it a little bit herself. Like who wouldn't in the moment? But man, she was trying her goddamn best. And I like, I got to give her all the props for that because she was trying. And what else can a, a human do in that moment but try to like regain the composure, to regain calm? And to create the scenario where, you know, like you could actually sit there and have a meal. So sure enough, this little girl eventually comes around. I don't even know what she was fussing about. I'm sitting there having my decaf. I get my food delivered. And, you know, I actually go to take a bite of it. I like crack the eggs and throw some hot sauce on it. I'm so excited to dig in. I dig into the first bite. There's a whole layer of cheese on it. So the, so this, the, the waitress comes around. She's like, hey, how is it? Is it great? And I was just like, oh my God, it's so good. However, there's cheese on the bottom. And I, this isn't it, cheese is, and I do not get along. And she goes, oh no, I'm so sorry. They must have forgotten the bottom layer of cheese. Like, I'll, we'll fire you a new one. Don't worry. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I think the vibe I could get from her was like, I see you having like a cup of coffee in your breakfast. And like, I'm going to try to make this experience like just lovely for you. I mean, she was so nice. She's like, I'm so sorry. Let me take it back. So sure enough, she takes it back. I've got my decaf coffee and a plate of million dollar bacon in front of me. If you've ever been to First Watch, you know their million dollar bacon is like, is good. It's got cracked pepper on it. So I'm like, like a pig in shit right now. Okay. I got a cup of coffee and I've got million dollar bacon. Like I'm good. I'm good. And I don't have children screaming around me. I am good girl. And so she's like, let me take it. So she takes the plate back and, and I'm just sitting there and I'm, and my whole purpose of going was that I knew I had shit to do today. Right. I needed to go to the grocery store. We had laundry to do. I needed to get some things for the dog. Um, and I thought, you know what? I haven't had anything to eat. 
the kids are now tucked away, the laundry is going, I'm going to, you know, do a pre-order for all my items for the grocery store and like I've got some time. And so I thought I was going to sit down and pretty much plan on my week. And I did. And so I sat there and, you know, but, but I just had to laugh because while I'm sitting there enjoying my moment, this family, you know, 15 feet away is having its moment too. (laughs) So, and I just had to reflect on this moment. And I thought, this is the most amazing moment. Number one, because I'm not there. I'm not that human right now. Like I'm not that mother with those, with those kids. And I'm grateful for that, right? Because my kids are at home and it's not my problem right now, you know, and I've been through my fair share of that shit, but it's not mine to deal with right now. And I was so grateful for that. I was grateful for decaf coffee and this million dollar bacon and hot sauce. And I was just grateful for like all these little things. And I, I could tell, you know, you know how you can just like feel kind of that energy when you're just like, oh man, like this poor lady, like she might lose it. And it's just like, it's kind of like mounting and escalating. And I was just sitting there and I, what used to happen was that I used to take all that very, very, all of that energy and I would just like absorb it almost. And I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but maybe you've had this, um, you know, happen where you go into clinic and you literally take on all of the problems of your patients. And some people will call this empathy. Some people will call it, you know, um, being emo or whatever it is. And, and there's probably a mix of both of those things in there. Sometimes I just call it being a human, right? And being sensitive and pheromones and right. Like all of the things that go into having a human experience and human connection. And so I was just thinking how what would have happened usually in the past is that I would have gotten really worked up because I would have gotten in my head and been like, God damn it, I'm sitting here trying to have my moment. And like this, you know, this woman's like here. And 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 I, some of you may hear that and be like, wow, you're a real bitch. And look, I am sometimes. I mean, I, you know, who isn't? I mean, let's be real here. But I think the other piece of it is that I can very honestly look back at you know, a lot of my growth as a parent and a human and a nurse and a CEO and all of it and and midwife and say, you know, I have really learned the art of emotional regulation these days. Like I have a much better appreciation for it. And whether that's because of, you know, the work that I've done over the past years or, or, you know, developing my parenting style and, you know, or becoming a coach, or I think all of it plays into it. But I was sitting there and thinking, wow, I think that this would have been really hard for me a couple of years ago just to sit here and just emotionally to be okay with sitting 15 feet away from like a sinking ship, right? Because you know when you've been there and I don't and I don't know about you, maybe you can't relate to this where you've never sat near someone who was losing it or where this big emotional upheaval is and it hasn't impacted you. And if that's you, like, that's amazing. You should go out and write a book and like fucking teach people emotional and, you know, social regulation. I think that's great. But this is something that took me some time to develop. And it really, really got has gotten better for me in the past few years, especially with a lot of the coaching tools that I now use and the ability to just see my brain where it is. And I could feel myself, right? As soon as this little girl like lost it, right? And had her temper tantrum, I could feel myself starting to be like, oh man, what's going on? Like, like what's the mom doing? And I was hearing the, the mom talk to the little girl and I was just like, you know, could just, I, I was just like taking all of it on. And then I was just like, wait a minute. No, like I'm good. I'm sitting here. Like they get to be who they are. They get to be over in that side of the the restaurant 15 feet away. And like she gets to have her moment and the mom gets to figure it out. And I don't have to do jack shit about it. 
like literally I don't, it's not my, it's not my cross to bear. It's not my, it's not mine right now to like take on and that's okay. And the, the, the amazing part about that is that that is just such a vastly different response than I have ever had almost in my whole life. And look, I've gotten very skilled at, at being very calm in professional situations, right? I have, I have a skill of, of, you know, I've developed a skill of being able to sit with people in very, very uncomfortable moments, namely birth and miscarriage and death. I have been through all of those moments and I have always, always, right? Like been the midwife in those moments and I have cultivated that skill and I'm good at it. But it's a whole different story when you're not in a professional scenario and when it's just you and, you know, you're just sitting there and then, and, and there's nobody else around. And all of a sudden, like, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can either kind of like lose my shit here or I can just like let every, let all the things be as they will and, and not let any of it rob me of my peace and my joy and, and, and this moment. And I just was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, this is just amazing. This is absolutely incredible to just sit here and like, like this toddler can have her temper tantrum and it's just not a problem. And that was the experience that I had today. And I was so proud of myself. And what the great thing was, I usually, (laughs) you guys will chuckle. I am so introverted. And so like when we travel, I get my AirPods, my noise canceling AirPods on and I put them on and I don't interact with people. Like I can't stand when I sit down to, you know, next to somebody on the plane and they want to fucking strike up a conversation. I'm like, God, just go do you like, please don't bring me into it. You know, sometimes I want to talk the majority of the time I don't. And if I want to talk, I'll instigate conversation. But if I don't, I throw in my AirPods and, and put my sunglasses on. Sometimes I wear a hat, like not because I'm a, a celebrity. Like I imagine that's what celebrities do when they don't want to be like, you know, noticed or something. I just don't want literally to interact with people sometimes because I'm, because that's just how I am. Right. And sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't because I spend so much of my, my time doing that. Right. I coach and I'm midwife and I parent and all I'm a partner and all the things. Sometimes I just like want to not be bothered. Right. And so just to sit there and have, you know, this moment and not to reach, because here's what I would have probably done like in the past. Literally, I would have reached for my ear canceling headphones, AirPods in the restaurant. Like if I were sitting by myself and I had access to him, I probably would have reached from just to like avoid all of that. But like, here's what is so amazing. What happens when you don't have the AirPods to cancel out all of the noise and you just have to sit through it? Like how good are you then at sitting through it? How good are you at allowing all the toddlers and all the mothers who are telling their toddlers to like, you know, take deep breaths and like, and who probably need to be taking deep breaths themselves. Like, and then like the grandmother and the, and the waitress who comes over and, you know, gives you your food and the food's not right. And then you have to send it back and you got to wait longer, even though you're hungry. Like I'm, we would all love, I'm pretty sure to put in ear canceling noise headphones and not deal with any of that bullshit. But that's also not life. It's not life at all. Life is, as you know, complicated it is uh, complex. It is uh, 50-50, right? Sometimes it's like amazing and sometimes it's terrible, right? Sometimes you're around all the crying children, right? But at the end of the day, like the only one you're left with is you. And so I think to be able to sit there and to be 
on top of your brain and to just allow other people to have their emotions and not get sucked into it. Oh my God. If I had a dime for every, for every time that I, you know, was able to do that and wasn't able to, I mean, it would just be fascinating to see that this is a skill, right, that you could develop. And this is what I work on so much with my own work that I do for myself, the work that I've done with my own coach, the work that I've done with my clients. You know, this is a skill, emotional regulation. This is so much of what I'm going to be teaching in coach training coming up, like how to sit comfortably when it feels like the world around you is burning down, right? Because that's what it sometimes feels like when you are the person who's sitting 15 away, 15 feet away from the shit show and you're just like, oh, my gosh, what is like, you know, and then you can feel your blood pressure and your heartbeat's increasing. All of a sudden your cortisol levels are going up and then you're like, oh my God, what is she doing? Like, do I have to like, and your brain goes on, you know, I just, wow, not me anymore. I mean, sometimes, but man, I'm a lot better than I used to be. And that piece of being able to regulate yourself in the midst of all that chaos is one of the most impressive things that I've ever learned, I think. Because it's a skill that's not only so useful, but it's highly transferable in so many settings, right? And we could also look at this and say like, well, of course you could sit there and like let the people have all of your feelings, have their feelings, right? Like this is what I used to do in labor and birth, right? Like let all the people have all their feelings, not feel like I had to fix them. Certainly offer, you know, interventions or medications or, you know, as needed and as desired by the patient, but like not having to fix anybody, right? It's labor and birth, like that shit hurts. It's not a problem, right? Unless you want to do something about it. And in that case, we got plenty of options for you. Right. And so, so, right. It's a learned skill and one that I've been, you know, getting better at so much. But, but again, it's a lot easier sometimes, I think, too, in a professional sense, right, to put on that mask and put on that armor and like get into the our professional settings and be like, I'm here to do the work. Right. It's a whole nother, it's like a whole nother thing when it's just you and you're alone with yourself and it's just you. Oh my God. I mean, if I could bottle that shit up and sell it, woo. Girl, well, I do. It's called coaching. <laughs> Nurses living the good life. So if you need some help with that, because you're like, but why can't I just sit there and like let all the people just have all their feelings and just like not let it affect me? Come on over. I'll teach you how to do that. Okay. It's an amazing skill to have and it is so powerful. And I think not only from the standpoint of knowing that you can go anywhere and do anything and be around anybody and not be affected by it, but also because when you know that, and when you know that about yourself, it can create such a feeling of powerfulness and confidence. Like that's where you get to be, I think, unstoppable, unshakable, unfuckwithable, right? Like, because you're just like, nobody can steal my peace. Oh, I mean, man, amazing. So I think your question, the question here that I would pose to you today is, how often do you let somebody else steal your peace? How often do you let somebody else's emotions steal your peace and your joy and your ability to self-regulate? How often do you sit there taking on all of the emotions of everybody else, your patients, your family, you know, the grocery store clerk, like, and, and just feel like you've taken it all in and like, you have to worry about it, right? Like, is that, is, <laughs> and do you want some help with that? Cause it doesn't have to be like that. And to be able to see on the, like to sit on the flip side and think, oh my God, nobody could ever steal my power or my joy or my peace or calm. Like, 
man, that is just something. I don't think I even knew many years ago. I don't think I even knew that that was possible. I don't think I thought I had that much control that I could do that. And you can. So, so if you want some help with that, you know where to find me, but, um, but I hope this is useful. And again, you know, I, I have so much love for so many of you are, you know, of childbearing age and you're raising families and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I've been that mom and I've you know been in all the situations, right. With the, whether it was in target and you know, the tantrum in target, or it's the, um, being out to dinner and, you know, having somebody poop in their pants and, you know, or completely lose it because they just don't have chicken fingers on the menu that night. I mean, I get it. And I have so much love for, for all of us going through all of those stages and what a joy to become the person who can sit comfortably amidst all of that. I think that's the point. Like what a joy just to be able to sit through all of it not have it mean anything about you and not have it steal your peace and rob you of your moment and um, not have it be a problem. Oh, it's amazing. So, all right. So go do that. Go do that. Go have your, go have your hour long dinner lunch and, or uh, breakfast lunch and don't tell the kids and go sit and don't let anybody steal your peace. Okay. And if you need some help with that, you come find me and we'll have a conversation about how I can help you do that. So, okay. Okay. I'll see you next time. Take care. Hey, when you're ready to make more money as a nurse CEO, I want to personally invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my business coaching program for nurse CEOs who want to use business to do good work in the world and do well for themselves using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, you get immediate access to business coaching support, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied with the program. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com, click join now, and we'll see you inside.